ladies, have you been led astray? Did you diddle where maybe you shouldn't have dabbled? Have you been unfaithful to your husband, wife, partner, main squeeze? Well, there's a judgment-free podcast just for you. Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity, hosted by Rebecca Adams, tells the stories of these women from their perspective, anonymously and without judgment. He got out of his car and tried to kiss me. I pulled back. I was still not wanting an affair. I was not sure what I wanted. Most likely, I just liked the way it felt to be wanted. This did not stop his calls. Several more weeks went by and we met up again, this time by the water. After walking and talking for an hour, I could not take the suspense anymore. I leaned in and kissed him. It was like fireworks. If you need to come clean, get it off your chest, confess your sins with no Hail Marys required, then Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is the podcast for you. And remember, it's completely anonymous and judgment-free. Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today. Raw Truth podcasts may contain explicit, sensitive, and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or other medical professional. Listener discretion is strongly advised. What does the word ponder actually mean? According to one dictionary, it means to weigh in the mind, to think about and reflect on. On Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, we do just that. We discuss taboo and questionable subject matter. For example, size. Does it really matter? Or do you really want to know the number of partners your significant other has been with? Or what about stories of disastrous one-night stands? How about being in a sexless marriage? These and other topics are what we talk about on this podcast. Hello and welcome to Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams. Hope everybody is doing good. This is our last episode until September. So if you're new to this podcast, uh, you have a lot to go backwards and listen to, or if you're interested in listening to the Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity podcast, you will have three months. (laughs) And just a reminder, if you're listening and you're a Patreon subscriber, um, the subscriptions will be paused for the months of June, July, and August, so you should not be charged. And if you do, you need to let me know. Today's episode is from Jeff. I'm calling it My Fling with a Motocross Mom. And if you have been listening to either of these podcasts for some time, you'll know that my main focus is female infidelity. But in this case, I am actually sharing a story from Jeff about why he stepped out on his marriage and what was going on in there. And I've done that from time to time, but being on Let's Ponder, we can talk about other types of taboo subjects. It doesn't just have to be about female infidelity. So we will go ahead and get started with Jeff's story. I grew up in a small New Hampshire town and only child until I was 10. Mom was a stay-at-home parent and Dad was a workaholic, sometimes working 21 days straight in the building trades. 
My sister came along unexpectedly when my mom was 40. My parents had a strange relationship. Dad adored my mom, but she seemed no longer interested in him after my sister came along. Entering into menopause was a long drawn out battle because of hormone, increased drinking and disdain for my dad who was basically a grump. I recall my mom having a nervous breakdown in early 1978. She was hospitalized for a short while. Menopause was tough on her and she and dad would fight constantly and her drinking increased. She would leave home for days at a time, leaving me and my dad to care for my elementary school age sister. It was no fun being a parent at 16 when I was supposed to be a brother. In my senior year of high school, mom's drinking and the fighting increased. I avoided home by working two jobs and staying at friends. It was in a drunken argument with her one night that she told me about her cheating on my dad. I was heartbroken. I lost all respect for her. I went to work in the trades as many hours as I could in order to take my mind off of my shitty home life. I was working so much that I had little time for a girlfriend and didn't start dating until I was 21. I lost my virginity to a girl who was 25. We would go to clubs, bars, etc. I had no real interest in her, but she was fun and we were both horny. She had a home life that made mine look like a fairy tale. Abuse, her brother was murdered, alcoholic parents, and more. Fast forward a couple of years and a few short-term girlfriends. I was still at home working 60 to 70 hours a week when I met my wife. She worked in an office next to the plant where I worked. She was pleasant, cute, talkative. I was no GQ model, far from it. A tall, skinny, geeky looking guy, but she made an effort to come in every day and chat. I was shocked that she had an interest in me. Everyone in the plant would eye her and try and converse, hit on her, etc. Much to my surprise, the day I had balls big enough to ask her out on a date, she gladly accepted. My coworkers could not believe she would go out on a date with me. Things progressed nicely and we got along great. But when it came to sex, she was not the aggressor by any means. It was three months that we dated before she finally caved in and we made love in my bedroom at my parents' house. I'm sorry to say it wasn't as magical as I'd hoped, but we were so attracted to each other it was secondary. As time went on, sex got a little better but was still very vanilla. Two positions, nothing adventurous. I was usually the initiator. After a couple of years, we got engaged, bought a house, and moved in together. And by summer of 1986, four months before our wedding, we were less than one time a week. I got concerned. One steamy Sunday in July, I sat her down and started to question our relationship and compatibility in the bedroom. I was contemplating calling it off. That crushed her. She fell apart. She blamed it all on work stress. Grief from my mother, who, by the way, went out of her way to try and torpedo our relationship and marriage. 
and said it would get better post-wedding when things settled down. The years of two times a month sex passed until it was time to get pregnant. Oh, the nympho in hiding came out for a month or so. Then it was infrequent until it was time for child number two, three years later. Repeat scenario. She, we, decided two was enough, so off to the doctor's snip I go. Had I known that our sex life was going to all but end, I could have bought a gross of condoms, 144, and saved $500, and I'd still have some today, 28 years later. We raised our kids. The oldest, my son, had inspirations of being a pro motocross racer. My daughter had other expensive hobbies. In order to have a stay-at-home mom, which she wanted to be, and I agreed, and to finance my kids' interest, I started a used power sports store, which I turned into a new franchise store and added a mail-order discount part biz. By this time, working in the trades was history. Eight employees, then a second location, and 17 employees, and it was off to the races. With my son, that is. Up and down the East Coast, trailer and tow, him, his mechanic, and I. Georgia, Virginia, Florida, New Jersey, all over. Now comes Jen. I would go on the road swapping new inventory with other dealers. One big dealer, quite often. One day in the warehouse manager's office, I noticed a picture of an attractive woman with a boy at an MX race at a track in Virginia. I asked if that was his wife and son. He said, no, it's my sister. She lives in Virginia and takes her son all over racing. Come to find out, her son and my son competed against each other regularly and were Facebook friends. Well, one thing led to another and her and I became Facebook friends and we talked, messaged, chatted regularly. She was married, but to an abusive, high-profile cardiac surgeon who spent no time with her or took no interest in his son's racing. We would see each other at races, park next to each other, all go out to dinner after the racing. I'd have my son's mechanic help them when needed. We got along great. She was a practical joker, funny, gorgeous, smart, and outgoing. One night, after she brought the boys to the airport for their flights, we went out for dinner and drinks. The conversation and drinks flowed into a five-hour night when we were forced to leave the now-trying-to-close restaurant. As I walked her to her truck and went to give her a hug goodnight, it ended up being 20 minutes of the deepest, most passionate kissing I've not experienced in over 20 years. I nearly buckled to my knees. By this time, we were 28 years married. Menopause took its toll on my wife. Our marriage was roommates, biz partners, and co-parents. I was forced to spend 100% of my free time at motocross races while never seeing my daughter in her endeavors, which I sorely will regret for the rest of my life. We did counseling for six months short of a separation. Neither of us were happy. It was in counseling the psychologist deemed my wife asexual, 0, 0.0 interest in anything with clothes off. 
In the fall of 2018, Jen's brother invited me and some other power sports dealers to Game 7 World Series party at his house. It was an off weekend for racing, so I went. Well, I had a surprise party host when I arrived. Jen drove up from Virginia when she heard I was going to be there. Well, the never-empty glass of Jameson's she was pouring loosened up my nervousness. After cleaning up and the guests all left, I resorted to a makeshift guest room in the basement. I got into my t-shirt and boxers and shut the light off and sat on the edge of the bed. Next thing I know, a small lamp is switched on and there is a gorgeous 47-year-old naked MX mom standing in front of me. It was a night of the best uninhibited and unexpected sex I had ever had in my life, culminating with shower sex in the morning, something I had never experienced before. Was I looking for or expecting this? No. Did I refuse? No. Did I want it? Yes. Sex with someone who desires you and you them is the best. At this time, my wife and I were completely sexless for several years, sleeping separate. I wanted to feel guilty, which is my nature, but for some reason, I couldn't. We talked daily, exchanged jokes and memes, saw each other at races, and did hook up one night again after a race when the boys had flown home. She has since divorced her asshole Dr. Hubby and moved back to Connecticut where her family is. The boys are out of racing and have careers. Me? I'm still with my sexless roommate of 32 years, going through the motions until I can sell off my dealerships and move on. My wife never knew about our fling. Jen and I still talk regularly. We haven't seen each other in four years and don't know if or when we will. Like you, Rebecca, I don't condone cheating and since what has gone on in my life and marriage I better understand why mom did what she did in front of God we took our vows to love and hold and when there is no one to love or no holding going on what is a person who desires physical attention to do divorce is not always an option especially when there are multiple businesses and a spouse with emotional and psychological problems I have not strayed since my interactions with Jen over four years ago. The bottom line in this story is you need to make sure you and your future life partner are compatible in all ways and you need to make it clear and agree on what's expected from both parties. I tell my son and other kids looking at marriage that open and clear communication of what's important in your life and marriage is a must for as people don't usually change for the better after the vows are said. I tell them five things that will destroy your marriage. Lack of money, lack of trust, lack of communication, lack of respect for your partner, and of course, lack of sex. In this day and age, it's wise to date as many people as possible before you say I do, which I encouraged my kids and others to do. Thank you for all you do. Your podcasts are open-minded, non-judgmental, and helpful. I will be subscribing to Patreon this week. Oh, and congratulations on your engagement. 
Thank you so much. I'm excited about my engagement and I think about some of the words that you said about all those. And, you know, I've been married before and what you say is true. I mean, there are very much needs in relationships for compatibility because if you think that person is going to change, you got to think again because it doesn't happen. I've experienced that myself. And so I really appreciate you being open and honest and admitting you don't condone this, but you have good points. When a person is so lonely, what do they do? And you'll see this happens a lot in female infidelity stories, but it, a lot of the times it doesn't start out as sex. It's emotional, not commitment, emotional uh, distress that they're suffering from with their spouse trying to connect on other other things i mean women are definitely different than men but it ultimately a lot of the times not all of them uh, will lead to a physical affair not just an emotional affair with women so since receiving this story a couple months back i have received an update from jeff that i would like to share i still chat with my friend every so often She has divorced and relocated to Dallas. We will always remain friends. As for my situation, my marriage has taken a turn for the worst. My wife somehow got into my emails and texts and found conversations between a longtime female friend, as in a sister type friend, of my plans to leave this summer after a big family event. We had been sleeping separately and barely speaking since September. I was shocked and blindsided by her snooping into my communication with my friends. I gave her an ultimatum at that point. She told me on this particular Sunday she was not going to live another 20 years like this and I responded, quote, as you have read, I'm not going to live another year like this, end quote. I gave her an ultimatum. She needed to address her anxiety and other postmenopausal emotional issues, and if she didn't, I was going through with my plans to end our nearly 40-year relationship. She was starting seeing a new doctor and a nutritionist. She still refuses to deal with her anxiety and refuses to look into HRT, hormone replacement therapy. Several of her friends are in it and rave about how they feel. Side note. Yes, I've had that and it does definitely make a difference. So if you're questioning it, me and I know a lot of people as well, it does make a difference. As for our bedroom life, in an attempt to repair our situation, I returned to our quote, big bed, mid-March to the same old cold, non-physical, non-intimate, sexless place. As of right now, my plans are still in place to leave midsummer due to her all talk, no action, usually ignoring the situation, makes her think all is well. Thank you all for listening today and for following this podcast. I appreciate how wonderful the year has gone so far. I will be back in September and Jeff, if you're listening, send us an update. Curious to know how everything is going now that we're entering summer. So feel free to reach out to me anytime you know my email. You have been listening to Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams. Your support of Raw Truth Podcasts is truly appreciated. If you haven't already, 
be sure to subscribe to my other podcast, Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. This controversial yet no judgment podcast is a safe place where women can share their stories anonymously of why they chose to be unfaithful. If you have feedback or suggestions for future Let's Ponder topics, please email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. This podcast was written, produced, and edited by Rebecca Adams. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.